0: If you have a smartphone or a tablet, we do have a live event, so you can follow right along on your smartphone or tablet, that is available for you, so if you have never done that before, make sure that you download UVersion. that's a Bible app that we utilize here at our church, and type Vision Ministries, look, click on Events, type on Vision Ministries in the search bar, we'll pop up, we're like second or third, click on that, and you'll have notes that'll pop up, look a little something like this, so we have that available Alright, we're super excited about getting into a new series and putting Deutimus to rest. And uh, we were just delighted and honored to have uh, two incredible men of God share the, the message of the Lord last week. And I want to apologize, I didn't get those online as, as quickly as I wanted to. Those are, are available now, so if you missed uh, first service or last service last week, Pastor Earl and Pastor Elbert, Both had phenomenal messages. If you missed those, make sure you check those out. All right, we're going into a sermon series called Heroes or Zeros. And uh, so we're going to be talking about different people in Scripture. And kind of the question that I ask myself and that you can ask yourself or that we'll kind of ask rhetorically is, what separates these people in Scripture? Why did people like Abraham, Moses, David, Gideon, Esther, Josiah, Joshua, Daniel become heroes? And why were people like Cain, Absalom, Saul, uh, Ahab, Jezebel, Delilah, Korah, Balaam, why were they zeros? Or why were they villains? Why were they the ones in Scripture we don't want to be like? What's the difference? What makes a person a hero? What are some of the qualities? Could they be things like sacrifice or self-denial? Perhaps following through on tough decisions or maybe... Courage is something, a quality that we see in a hero. Well, what makes a person a zero? What are the characteristics or qualities of a person that becomes a villain? Could it be a pride, selfishness, fear, cowardice? The scary truth is that I believe most people who turn out to be villains believed in their own mind that they were doing the right thing or what they were doing was absolutely okay to do. I believe that many of them, when they went through this, they were deceived in following their own self-moral compass. People can be deceived. Say "deceived." deceived. Jesus says this. He says, watch out in the last days that what? That no one deceives you. Why? Because there are people that are going to be following their own personal moral compass. And in doing so, they're believing that they're going to be doing the right thing, when actually they're doing the wrong thing. Jesus even says this, he said, there are going to be people that are going to persecute you, and they're going to turn you into into authorities, and they believe they're doing the right thing. So people are going to be deceived thinking they're doing the right thing when in all actuality, they're doing the wrong things. Friends, I don't believe that that heroes and people that are villains are very far off from each other other than the fact that what the whole intent behind it is. And we're going to be getting into that a little bit later. The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, and this is a very scary scripture for every single person that lives on the face of the planet. And this is what it says. It says there is a way that seems right to a man, but ends in death. What does that word see? mean that word seem means in their own eyes they believe that it is the right thing to do in their own perspective it looks like it's the right thing but in all actuality it's not the right thing and the scripture says actually it ends in death friends there have been kings and presidents leadership that have done acts of wickedness and villainy say villainy that's a fun word. I'm going to be using that throughout the course of this message. Villainy, but in their own mind, they thought they were doing the right thing. For example, we have King, uh, we have Pharaoh, who is the king of Egypt back in Moses' time, who slaughtered innocent babies. Friends, we look at it and we see what treachery, what villainy. How could somebody do such a thing? But I believe that in his own mind, he probably thought that he wasn't a villain. He probably thought he was doing what's best for his people. Another example, we're going to put this, we're going extreme examples here. Another example would be Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler during the Holocaust slaughtered 6 million Jews, including women and children. I I guarantee you that this man did not believe he was a villain in his own mind. No, I believe he probably thought and believed that he was doing this for the betterment of his people. You know, causing genocide. Did he in his own mind think he was a villain? I bet you he didn't. In his mind, the Jews were the villains. Are you getting this? There's There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. These are two extreme cases indicating that, friends, without a biblical moral compass, we can do just as we see fit. We see this in Scripture. It says in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, it said, In those days Israel had no king, all the people, say all the people, did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Israel had no king. What happens when Jesus isn't reigning on the throat, on the hearts of and the, the thrones and the hearts of men and women's lives? Men and women do as they seem and deem fit. Think about it. Before you were a Christ follower, what was the limit to your villainy? What was the, what was the limit of your wickedness? We wouldn't look at it as wickedness. Did did you? Did you look at yourself and think I'm a wicked person? Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. Don't throw any stones at me, but I want to go ahead and say, I bet, friends, there was a time in our life when we were a villain. Perhaps on a legal level, but here, let's just go on to a more surface level. What about the time that we talked bad about someone, or we took advantage of of someone, or did someone dirty, and in their eyes we looked like the bad guy? See, we, we like to put these villains as far, far from us, but friends, I'm going to conclude that actual villainy is a lot closer than we think. What was the fuel behind the motives of talking about somebody disrespectfully, taking advantage of someone, doing someone else dirty? What was the fuel behind that? The fuel behind all of those things are two things. Number one is pride. Number two is selfishness. Say this with me. Say pride pride and selfishness. I'm going to prove this in Scripture. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. This is what the Scripture says. How many of us know that James is writing this book to a bunch of Christians? Raise your hand. Okay, look at this. The Scriptures are for believers. They're not for unbelievers. Because when you're an unbeliever, the Scripture makes no sense. That's why it says it's foolishness to the unbeliever. So the Scriptures are for people that are followers of Christ. Say, the Scriptures... Are for, are for believers, for us to live rightly, so, so, so let me just say you this, James is giving this message to believers, and this is what he says, he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from the dot desires that battle within you, you desire but you do not have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Hold on. Here, look at these words. Kill, covet, quarrel, wrong motives. Sounds to me like villainy. Right? Aren't those the same words you would put, you would use as a characteristics of a villain? They're a killer. They're a murderer. They quarrel. They fight. They covet. Wrong motives. We, right? Hello? Are you guys following me? Okay, I don't want to like... Blast out here and make you guys like, like, whoa. But I I just want us to really understand that sometimes we're the villain. Sometimes we're the zero. Perhaps each of us has a villain inside of us that we need to destroy or put to death. You know what I would call that villain inside of us? I would call that the sinful nature. There is a sinful nature inside of you that wants to keep you from being a hero, and as long as we give our full attention to our sinful nature, friends, we're going to be a villain. I mean, and this is just a, a funny concept, but when you look, if you he, read backstories, anybody here, anybody here into like comic book characters or movies, or you know, you watch the latest Superman, Batman, you know, any kind of man, any kind of woman, somebody that has superpowers, uh, DC. Uh, Marvel I mean is there anybody in here that's on the same page with me that, that follows any of this stuff okay movies the movies that, that aspect you know I mean you, if you got the comic book aspect you're, you're a, a real nerd but if you are following the, the movie aspect you're with you're with the, the other uh, millions of us Okay. But when they do a backstory of a villain, did they always start off as a villain? No. Were they born as an evil seed? No. no. What happened was there were usually incidences that happened in the person's life that what, that, that caused their heart to change, which was what? Their sinful nature. And then the things they started doing was all because of selfishness. So what can cause a person to have a villainous act? What changes in a heart of a man? Friends, I believe it's how well a person addresses their sinf- sinful nature. I absolutely believe. Because the, to be quite honest, I believe that there is a burning desire inside each and every one of us to be, to be significant, to be a somebody, to do something with our lives. Wow. I believe there is there's no, inside every follower of Christ is not the, the, uh, the desire to want to do evil. The desire as a follower of Christ is what to do is to follow the Lord. Correct? If you're in here, in this place today, it's because you've done one or two things. Number one, you've made a commitment to Christ, and so Sunday is your way to, give your, to, to just give a day to the Lord. Or secondly, you were drugged in here by somebody, and that's perfectly fine too. That's cool. I was drugged to church as a teenager, and now I dra- drag my kids to church. No, but they love it. Sometimes I've got to drag myself to church. Like, ugh, it just happens. Can I be honest? Yeah. Come on. Come on, somebody. Pastor's preaching honesty here. Think about it, friends. I just talked about this. We spend billions of dollars at the box office to see special people with special abilities save lives and at the end of the story become the hero. Okay, friends, we have this inact nature inside of us that even while we're kids, we pretend to fly around with capes and at the end of the day, we save the day. Because really, inside of us is this desire to want to be a hero. Inside of each and every one of us is this desire to be significant, to make a difference. What if I was to tell you, as a Christ follower, you are empowered with the Holy Spirit, who gives you special abilities to save souls. We watch movies, where, where these superheroes have special abilities to save lives, I'm going to go ahead and conclude and tell you that you, as a follower of Christ, have been empowered, infused with the Holy Spirit, dutamously, that you could have special abilities to save souls. But friends, in order to do this, friends, we must press past our own selfish and villainy. Say selfishness selfish and villainy. Okay, everybody other than the front row right here. Say selfishness and villainy. These are the two things that, that are at war within us. Yeah. Now, you guys are so loud. You guys are doing great. I love having a fan base right up front, but I want the rest of the church to talk to me too. So what's the difference? What are some things? Well, here, we're going to give you... There, these aren't... There's. There's so much more, but I just... From the top of my head, from books I've read, from from movies that I've studied, here are six, here are six characteristics that separates heroes from zeros. Here we go, number one. Heroes add value to others. True heroes will add value to others, while zeros add value to themselves. The difference between the hero and the zero in the story is the hero will add value to others while the zero wants to lift themselves up. They want to add value to themselves. Number two. Heroes sacrifice themselves for others while zeros sacrifice others for their own gain. What separates a hero and a zero is a hero will sacrifice themselves. zero sacrifice others for themselves. <laughs> I, like I said there's, there's numerous but I just here's just six fun ones number three heroes do things with no need for reward if you're a Christ follower that's because what? store up your treasures in heaven right? so when we do stuff we don't need a reward but if you're a zero you want full compensation and recognition of everything you do give me my stuff now and let me know how good I did <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Number four. Number four. Heroes press forward when it gets painful. Isn't that what we see? We watch these 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 movies where the hero gets shot and they're still pressing on to save the day. Or they some some you know traumatic event happens where they're like half alive and they're still pressing on. Why? Because heroes press forward when things get painful, while zeros throw in the towel when things get uncomfortable. When things get uncomfortable, they're like, I'm throwing in the towel, I quit. These are things that I I ask myself, okay? Number five, heroes recognize and bring the best out of people. A true hero is going to look at others and see their giftings and bring the best out of them. While zero's zero is going to criticize and beat them down. Because they don't want people to be better than them. So they'll criticize. Talk bad about them. Beat them down with their words. Finally, number six. This is my favorite. Heroes are lifters. While zeros are grifters. A lifter is a person that lift one, lifts someone up. A grifter is somebody that takes advantage of, of others. Heroes are lifters. They lift people, while zeros are grifters. They take advantage of people. That's my favorite one. I thought that was cool. (laughs) what That word grifter? Yeah. Old school words. The more that selfishness is at work within our life, the closer we are to being a zero. Let me say this again, because we need to get this. The more that selfishness is at work within our life, the closer you are to being a zero. The more selfishness is at work, the closer you are to being a villain. While the more that Jesus is at work in your lives, which confronts selfishness, the closer you are to being a hero. So allow selfishness to reign in your life, and in the end you're going to be a zero. Allow Christ to reign in your life, it'll confront that selfishness, and friends, you'll be a hero. Scripture says it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I have two scriptures, and I'm going to close. This is a fast word, huh? Yeah, I like that? Hit him hard and send him home. Matthew chapter 16, of verse 24 says this. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. This is, a, this is a scripture on Wednesday, a few Wednesdays ago, that we were breaking down just the different aspects of denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him. But friends, the very first thing that, he, that Christ says is we must deny ourselves. Friends, that's hard. It is. I stand up here telling you, it's hard for me to deny myself. It is. It's hard. It's hard to tell yourself no. If anyone here is a master at telling themselves no, you got a massive disciplined life, and I need to be study, studying your life. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, part one, it's the, hardest, the hardest part of following Christ is telling yourself no. It's not saying yes to God, because there's benefits of saying yes to God. When you say yes to God, the benefits flow. The blessings flow. But when you say no to yourself, that's the hard part. That's where, people, that's where people have the hardest time, is saying no to themselves. Because we live in a self-consuming society. that We have everything at disposal for us. You're hungry? Go to McDonald's. You need information? Get on the internet. I mean, we just have everything that's just so readily available to us. So why in the world would we tell ourselves no? When I, I was asking the Lord uh, this a number of years ago, and this is this is um, something that I kind of felt, and uh, and I'll share it with you, and, and it's just a concept. Say concept. Concept. When I was when I was uh, just praying one time, and I just kind of felt the Lord kind of just give me kind of this this kind of this idea, okay, like the difference between a, a rich man and a poor man. Okay, every person in here in America is rich. I don't care. I don't care how much money's in your bank. You have food clothing and shelter and water, and you're healthy you got, you got health you, you can go to the i mean all of us we have those available to us, whether we utilize that or not, you know that's on you. but um, America is the the richest people on the planet so 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 just take that into perspective when i'm saying this, you're not the poor man, you're the rich man, okay, okay. rich man and poor man, okay just, th- just thinking about you know the, the rich the, the rich man. Has and that's why it says it says it's hard for rich men to enter in the kingdom of heaven because rich men have all of these things that 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 fight for their attention. The scripture says it says the rich man goes to bed thinking about their many many possessions. The poor man falls asleep doesn't worry about anything. Yeah, so I, I you know I was kind of de- speaking to the Lord about this idea and and you know and the Bible talks about being poor in spirit. Okay, but for the most part, all of us are rich. So. So God, what is pleasing to you? You know, and so I just just can't think of this concept. Is it the, you know, sacrifice? Is it the person that doesn't have anything to give up? Or is it the person that has everything available to them, but they say no to it to give it up? I believe it was one of the reasons why God exalted Moses. It was because Moses had the riches of Egypt at his disposal. The scripture says, but he chose not to. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? God could have raised up any slave and used them as a, as a... He absolutely could. But God took a person, gave, allowed them to have everything, they had to deny everything, kicked them off into the desert, and then gave them everything back. Gave him freedom, deliverance. What, God is our very, our most special treasured possession. Gave him the presence of the Lord, best thing ever, and everything. So when I think about this denying ourselves, as Americans, friends, this is a very... As a, as a man of God, as a pastor, it's hard for me to deny myself. When I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm tired, I sleep. When I want to watch TV, I watch it. Right? When I want to make love, I make love. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm just going to... Everything. Everything that a person has inside their circle. Now, are any of these things wrong? Absolutely not. God gave us food. God gave us sleep. God gave us companionship. All for pleasure. So why in the world would I deny myself? It's awful quiet in here. <laughs> I'm not saying anything's, any of these things are wrong. I'm just saying, as Americans, it's really hard for us to deny ourselves. Amen. That's all I'm saying. I have a hard time. The Lord actually has been dealing with this with me all week. I've been preaching myself about self-denial. I'm like, Lord, maybe I need to call our church to a fast because just... Ugh. Anyways, I don't want to do it because I feel the Lord convicted me about something. Have all you guys suffer with me? (laughs) That would be awesome. Everybody, the Lord's calling us to a fast. (laughs) Because this is the the thing. We're either going to live a life of self-denial or we're going to live a life of self-will. We're going to live a life of self-denial or we're going to live a life of self-will. And that's what separates heroes from zeros. That's what separates heroes from villains. Self denial or self will. Last scripture. Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. This is tough. Man, we were supposed to have an encouraging message this week, Pastor Joy. What the heck is wrong with me? Lord, I feel like I'm slapping people. I need to slap myself. Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. It says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what is this saying? This is saying, friends, people who make themselves nothing will end up being the heroes, while people who try to make themselves something in and of themselves are going to end up being zero. So we're doing this series, and, and it's going to be, and this was just kind of an intro message, and we're going to be talking about, especially Old Testament people, that were heroes. What made them heroes? And maybe we'll talk about some people that really blew it and they became zeroes. And what was it, what was it in their life that caused them to blow up big time, where they had all the potential, but then they started following self-will instead of self-denial? So friends, ask yourselves, today, are you living like a hero, or are you living like a zero? Stand your feet with me if you will.